Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Coming up on the latest edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce, we visit with former NBA All-Star, the great point guard Kenny Anderson. And the debate rages on. Could this current L.A. Lakers team match the Showtime Lakers? This team could be better than any Laker team in recent memory, am I am I not right here? Wrong. Okay. All right. I don't know. No, they're not wrong. As, as no. the Showtime Lakers. No. I, Are you crazy? I, I I'm just thinking. I think this team's pretty <laughs> good. Pass the Ducci on the left hand side. Joking on this man smoke. Welcome into the fastest growing podcast in the world. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating just a little bit, but we've expanded into new countries. We thank all our loyal listeners. Make sure to listen and subscribe to the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. I'm Mark Janowski, the star of the show. Stacy King has battled the elements. He's ready to roll. We got John Walsh. Timmy whispers. Timmy, is your microphone working today? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we're hearing you pretty good. We'll hear you now. And Southside right. Susie braved the elements as well. I don't know if she shoveled her driveway or oh yeah, oh yeah, got yeah. by an Amazon driver. But we'll we'll figure that all out a little bit later in the show. <laughs> Stacy, you've been working hard, although you've had some games postponed. The Bulls had had to move up in class, playing the Lakers and the Celtics, and too many turnovers, and it was a couple of tough games for them. Well, Mark, you know what? It's a learning experience for them because you know they've had success against teams like Charlotte, some of the teams that are you know in the same position that they are. But they, the last two games against the Lakers and the Celtics, they tend to, that first quarter, come out a little underwhelming. You know, they don't come out with the energy that they need. And against great teams like that, you know, you cannot get off to slow starts. And you can't turn the ball over as much as they did, especially last night against the Celtics where, you know, they had over 30 points off of Bulls turnovers. One of the interesting things that happened in the Boston game was that it looks like Billy Donovan and his assistant coach, the Hall of Famer Mo Cheeks, are showing uh, young Kobe White a little bit of tough love. He didn't play a lot in the second half. And I think that's part of the learning process for a young point guard is that if you're going to be running my offense, you've got to do it the right way. Well, I think, I think you know, with Kobe, you're going to have growing pains with him. He's going to have games where he looks phenomenal. And then there's games where he looks like a young player trying to learn how to play the position. I think, you know, what it comes down to is, is that, 
He has to value the basketball. He's got to do a better job of getting his teammates involved. And then there's that fine line of knowing when to take over games, when to score, when the team needs you to score, or to you know back off. And I think you know just watching him the last couple of games, you know I think that it's just not him. You know your your best players, and I said this last night. The Bulls' best players have to play well. Just like when you see LeBron James come and you got Anthony Davis, those guys play well all the time. They're their star players. Those yeah. are the guys that have to play well for the Lakers to win, and they do. You go down with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know, any superstar players on other teams, in order for that team to win and have success, their stars have to play well. So there's no different here in Chicago. You know, Zach Levine has to play well. Lowry Markinen has to play well. Kobe White has to play well. Otto Porter uh, and whoever else has to play well. And when those guys don't play well, you know, you're relying on your bench. The bench played well, you know, last night. They had over um, close to 50 points last night. Yeah, speaking of the um, bench, Thad Young had a huge game. And yeah, almost dribble-double. He yeah. had nine assists. And here's a telling stat for Kobe White. He had one assist. Well, And, and, and Levine had three. He had three. So you they can't had, have they, that. They had, out of your starting backcourt, you had four assists. Yeah. And, and the starters in general probably had less than seven as a team, you know, as a starting group. And that can't happen. That means the ball sticking. Guys are not moving. The guys are not cutting. And when you're playing against good teams, they expose that. And that's what happened. People ask me all the time, is, is Kobe White really a point guard? I mean, is his position down the road going to be a shooting guard? Do they have to decide who's going to be their shooting guard going forward, Kobe White or Zach Levine? What's your read on that right now? I mean, Kobe's only played 82 career games. He's 20 years old. I think sometimes people are in a big hurry to, to try to figure all this out. Well, and, and you got to understand this. You know, Kobe last year's role was totally different than it is this year. They weren't using Kobe as a playmaker last year. They were using him kind of in that Ben Gordon six-man of right. the year award-winning type role where we need you to come in and score and get buckets for us. So he wasn't asked to run the show. He wasn't asked to to get his teammates involved. And I honestly thought, you know, and I said this last year, that it was really kind of a wasted year for him. He should have been in the starting lineup a long time ago. I mean, probably 15 games into the, into the NBA season. He should have been a starter, and they should have been grooming him that way and and take his lumps his first year. Now he has somewhat of, in his second year, a little bit more of an understanding of the point guard position at the pro level because he did play a little bit in North Carolina. He still was a scoring guard, but he did he did play point guard in North Carolina. So I thought, you know, last year his role was to score. This year they give him the keys to the car and say, hey, it's your team. Get us in our offense. Get your teammates involved. And he's trying but at the same time, he has that mentality that, you know, he wants to score too. And it's a fine line as a young point guard of knowing when you get your shot and when to get your teammates involved because both him and Zach can get their own shot at any time. It's guys like Lowry that need you to get him a shot. You know, Thad Young needs to get, get a shot, get you to create a shot for him. Wendell Carter Jr. needs to get you to create a shot for him. There's a lot of guys on that team that can't get their own shot, and you have to do – there's a fine line. Speaking of tough love, Patrick Williams picked up a couple of fouls early, had to go to the bench, and I think he only played 10 minutes in the game. That was one of the first games I've seen where he looked a little bit out of sorts. Yeah, he was he was playing a different player last night. I mean, Jalen Brown, um, you know, they had him playing the two guard. Yeah. You know, and then you got Jason Tatum at the three. So you got to pick your poison. And, you know, normally he would guard the three, but they put Zach Levine on Tatum. Which was curious. And then you, <laughs> and then you had – well, they both went off. So, yeah. I mean, they both come in, they came into the game as a high-scoring tandem. 
you know, 25, 26 points apiece. Jason Tatum has been out since January 8th, so that was his first game back. And, you know, they're still missing Kimball Walker. This is not the Boston team you're going to see at the end of the season. They're going, to be a, they're going to be a much better team, much dangerous team. And with those two young forwards playing the way that they do, I mean, Patrick Williams had a tough time because, you know, when you look at the guys he's had to guard, he's had a tough assignment every single night, you know, where Giannis, you know, LeBron, you know, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you go down the line, he's had to guard. I mean, uh, Gordon Hayward from, from Charlotte, he had to guard. So he's guarding killers every single night. Now, the difference between Jalen Brown and the rest of those guys I just named is those guys kind of you know what they're going to do. They're stationary type guys. You know they're going to get they're going to they're going to be passers, they're going to be moving without the ball. But Jalen Brown, watching him, he was like Reggie Miller last night. Like he was running all over the place and he was running off screens, single doubles. I mean, he was doing a lot of things that Patrick Williams has not had to face and, this year. I remember his first year, people were disappointed in Jalen Brown. He was like the fourth pick out of Cal, and they're like, why do we take this guy so high? Well, they tried now, to make him a six man. And now you see if you're patient and you let these guys develop, you might have something special. And I'm sure that's what the Bulls are hoping they have in Patrick Williams. Well, I mean, you, you got to look at that. I mean, you know, Jalen Brown you know, was drafted very high, and a lot of people thought he was a bust. And one thing that he did do well coming into Boston as a rookie and second-year player, he had the the defensive makeup to be a very good two-way player. His offense just needed to catch up with his defense, and now it has. Now he's become a complete player. He's shooting threes now. He's uh, running the offense. He's getting assists. He's doing a lot of things, and it's been opened up because there's no Kyrie Irving. There's no Gordon Hayward there now. So now his time has come. They've pushed him out to the forefront. Jason Tatum is out there in the front. And now those guys are blossoming now because they don't have to play behind guys. And you got a guy by the name of Marcus Smart who got had 11 assists last night. Yeah, he was he, good last night. Yeah, he knows how to get the ball to those guys as well. And it didn't wasn't it uh, Gordon Hayward's injury that led to more playing time for guys like Tatum and Brown? Yeah, that's that's enabled them to be featured players because Jason Tatum, his rookie year, didn't score like he has the last couple. And now Jalen Brown, without Hayward there, is a primary factor in that offense. And, you know, one of the things we also saw with the Bulls kind of getting run out of that game against Boston was Billy Donovan was was kind of coming to grips with some of the things he's seeing out there. One of his quotes in his postgame press conference was, he was asked about the rebuilding process, Stacey. He says, unfortunately, before you win, there's usually a lot of suffering. And for a head coach, the worst thing is having to play young players. And I think that's why he tried to ride those veterans a little bit to try to get some stability out there. He understands he was in Oklahoma City last year where he had a lot of young guys. And he knows this is going to take time. Bulls fans ask me, and I'm sure they ask you a lot more, should our goal be to make the playoffs? No, it's about developing guys so that eventually, in a year or two, you can, you can be a really good team. Well, I think the key right now for the Bulls is, is to see which guys that they can build around and, and really focus in on. You know, there's so many guys right now you've got that's 25 or younger. You, they're they're going to evaluate because you got to remember, this is the front office's first year. You know, right. This is Billy Donovan's first year. These guys were not any of the guys that – Patrick Williams was the only guy the front office drafted. Right, right. Okay, that's their guy. Right. So they're, they, they've got you know, time and, and everything invested in Patrick Williams. The rest Williams. of the guys have to prove it. Yes, well, but yes. The, the other thing, I, mean, I know you like to play general manager. So let's <laughs> No, we it. usually do that. Oh, but, I mean, it's interesting. When you look at the Bulls, and you just mentioned that, it's their first year, but are you surprised at how many players – I mean, we've seen so many changes in the front office and the coaching staff – but when you look at the roster, I know it's a young roster, but these guys have been there for three or four years. And if I could tell you one thing, last year for this year, there's three new players. 
right? Temple, Williams, and Dotson, right? Do you know the Lakers won the championship last year? And they have four new players. So I don't know if that says anything more than maybe the players are getting a little too comfortable being on a team that's where I know it's the first year of the front office, but I'm just surprised that that there hasn't been enough turnover in the roster because you know what you have in some of these players. But here, here, here's, here's, me as a, here, here's me as a general manager, okay? I'm coming into a new organization, a new team, okay? COVID hit. You got to remember, COVID hit. So they, that was taken away from them to go out and look for guys and quality free agents. It messed up the whole league, okay? So, you know, AK and Mark, who are new guys, they got hired later in the year, right after the season, before the bubble situation happened. Um, they didn't. They didn't get a chance to make their mark. Their first mark was Patrick Williams, and I think everybody can agree that was a, a home run hit for them. Their first oh, yeah. first at bat. So now what they're doing is is that they're coming here and they got they know they have a young team. Let's see how good this young talent actually is before we make any decisions to give up on guys because they know coming in like if Lowry marketing is not playing a certain way and he goes somewhere else and they let him go and he turns out to be an all-star because they were impatient and didn't wait, that, that'll that come back on them. So they have to wait. You have to – I mean, look at Zach Levine. Zach Levine has jumped from just a scoring mentality player to kind of a complete player now. He's attempting to play defense. He's doing a lot of different things. He's a playmaker. So he's doing a lot of things he didn't do his first few years here. So – Obviously, he's trying to make an impression. Lowry's under a restricted agent contract too. He's playing for a contract. You know, they didn't they didn't sign him. They had an opportunity to sign him. They didn't sign him. So Lowry's got to bet on himself. And when you're betting on yourself, you better play that. Okay, that's what I'm saying. When when you're betting on yourself, that means you need to show up against the Lakers. You need to show up against Boston. You need to show up against these really good teams to let the team know, like, hey, look, I'm I'm going to be a great player. I'm going to be a great player for you guys, and I want to. I'm going to come out here every single night, like Jimmy Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, better himself. Everybody thought he was crazy. Take the money, you know. Come on, take the money. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're not going to get any better offer than this. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jimmy Butler says, "I'm going to bet on myself." And what happens? Bam. Yeah. The rest is history. Right. But I'm I'm just saying there might be a little complacency there. And you mentioned it with you know he shows up against Dallas, Laurie, and then he. You know, against the Lakers, the best team in the league. You know, if he's playing for a contract, he could make know. a shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of the Lakers, I mean, the Bulls saw him out in L.A. and almost beat him. And that game, Anthony Davis didn't play. He no. played in the game in Chicago. What do you have? Thirty-seven points. <laughs> yeah. And and LeBron James, he just we just continue to marvel at this guy. He turned thirty-six in December, and he's playing at such a high level. I think he's going to get the MVP this year. I think I think the voters are going to look at it and go, you know, what we we haven't given it to him in a while. Maybe we should look at his greatness and still being that good at 36. And, you know, with, with uh, John and, and our Bubble Up research, we found out a lot of things about how he's aged well, like a fine wine. And he's putting up numbers that will rival any of the greats at the age of 36. You think about Kareem and Karl Malone and Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael uh, LeBron James is just rolling along. Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, just the eye test, too, like what he can do. He drives in the lane, he dunks, you know, he can go end to end. I don't remember seeing Jordan do that. Carl Malone, I mean, a lot of those guys, like Jabbar, you I mean, he had the sky hook, but the way he moves. Yeah, they get a little bit grounded at 36. Yeah, right, not exactly. LeBron. So not only the, the numbers are there, but the this the eye test, it doesn't look, he doesn't look he like He hasn't had to change his style of play much. 
No, and and I don't know. You know, Timmy Whispers. You know, he's watched a lot of basketball. I'm sure you slowed down at 36, right, Tim? No, I didn't. Slowed down at 26. <laughs> 20, 26. Was 26. He slowed down. I'm sorry, Whispers. I'm sorry. Don't let him come between. I us. thought I was still picking up speed. No, you, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. Well, he was telling times undefeated. We probably have to save this for later in the show, but he was telling me a story about his wrestling career, so that, that's really oh, scary. Oh, that, that. that's much later. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, that's but down think, low. But I, but I think if we're talking about uh, the age of 36 and these players out there, the one question besides the stats is, who is the best player on that floor at that time in the game? Is it Was it Jordan when he was 36, or is it LeBron today at 36, every single time they step out? That's Different good. styles. There's no question about it. But the fact that LeBron in his, his 18th year in the league is still playing at that high level. He had a chase down block last night. Stacey, yes. did you hear the story that supposedly one of the Cleveland executives on the side I saw was it. clapping too loud when he missed a shot at the end of the third quarter? They and were in a turned, close game he, with the Cavs. I saw it. Was, yeah, he, I'll he light you up. He turned to him and went, what do you put, 24 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. I mean, that's scored, what Jordan used to do. He scored Cleveland. These perceived slights. 24-19. Yeah, because he did. The guy, he did clap, and he might have yeah. said something to yeah. him. Because when when I saw the the highlight, LeBron turned around and looked right. at him like, "Okay, dude, do you not know there's not twenty thousand people here, and I hear everything you say?" And it's the third quarter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you, and and you and there's a lot of time left in this game, and I was just coasted. I was just chilling. I was just getting yeah. my teammates involved. Now Don't you poke now, the bear. now you don't woke me up now. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna embarrass you. I always go back to what the king said. And he said it for years about LeBron. He's the, he's the one player that can go to a team, and he said it with Cleveland. I mean, I know Miami, but he said it can make a team better. And you think of this team now. This is – and I've got my – this is for our Lakers segment. I got this little mural here. <laughs> oh, my Shane God. Warren. <laughs> Back there to the bin. John's always bringing yeah. a handout. Right? I, I wish the, the fans could see this and right I, now. And I just think of the great – remember the great 80s teams? Yes. You know, how good were the Magic, Kareem, you know – uh, Kurt Rambis. Yeah, so this team, I mean, this team could be better than any Laker team in recent memory. Am I am I not right here? Wrong. Okay. All right. I don't know. No, they're not wrong. As, as no. Showtime Lakers. No. All no. Right. Okay. Puff Le- puff pass. Puff puff. <laughs> okay. Puff puff pass, John. With LeBron and AD. That's two. Two. The, the, the Showtime Lakers had like six or seven. Yeah. yeah. I, Are you crazy? I, I I'm just thinking. I think this team's pretty good. <sighs> pass the Ducci on the left hand side. <laughs> okay. I'm joking on this mad smoke. Oh my god, no, those, John. Those are your her- horrible. Oh my god. How are you gonna? Uh, I, how are you gonna compare that team to like Show? Showtime Lakers. Like, literally, Showtime Lakers had about seven or eight guys on that roster that were studs. Uh, we don't know what the ceiling is yet for Montrell, right? We don't know, like, you know, you know, Schroeder's been in the league for a few years. Yeah, he's a nice little player. I mean, you've got – I'm just saying, like, I, I'm saying LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who is 1-1A one one on those Laker teams? Let me just say this. Okay. I'm going to say Maybe this, Magic, but who's the 1A? I'm going to say this, John. The Showtime Lakers would destroy this Lakers team. <laughs> okay. Destroy this Lakers team. First of all, who's going to guard Kareem on that team? That that right there is the equalizer. Yeah. Forget yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Who's going to guard Kareem? Because he's yeah. dropping 30. Yeah, but easily. But we're not talking about Kareem when he played in Milwaukee. No, we're, we're ta- talking about Kareem that won championships in the Showtime Lakers that was right. still an MVP candidate type of player. Who's going to guard Magic? Well, Who's going to guard Worthy? I mean, LeBron's going to guard one of them. You got A.C. Green that's going to yeah. defend uh, yeah. defend Anthony Wes Davis. Wes Matthews can guard somebody. Oh, 
I'm just saying he's going to guard somebody. Uh, maybe this is it's just getting deep here. Is, it, is, is that Milwaukee ties? Hey, the only way for the Bucks is that why you is that why you say oh Wes Matthews can guard oh, somebody? He he did go to Marquette, but he, yeah. could he guard Michael Cooper? You know I'm, I'm just saying. Wait 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 wait. He can guard LeBron James. And that's he's done that. I've seen. Yeah, him. if he takes that, if his imaginary yeah. arrow would be a real arrow, yeah, he shoots exactly. Him. That's no. the only way he stops. No, no. Anybody can guard LeBron James when he stays on the perimeter. Okay. Okay. When LeBron James decides that he wants to get to the basket and post up and score on you, can't nobody guard him. But whoever, when he's a perimeter player and he just fades away and shoots threes, I mean, come on, man. Uh, what, know, what about this, can guard What about him. this team against the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, the three feet? Oh. No. <laughs> See? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Shaq, Shaq in itself would have killed them. Right. I mean, they, 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 listen, hey, I, kudos to LeBron and the Lakers for winning the championship in the bubble, okay? okay listen. And beating the Heat. Hey, listen, you, you beat whoever's played. You're playing against the team. I'm talking this again. year. I'm okay, just talking I'm, this I'm just year. saying. I'm saying there's a lot of teams in that have won championships in the past that would beat the Lakers today. We're not. We're just talking Lakers. Yes, just Lakers. And I, I was just throwing it out for argument. I didn't go. Well, you got an argument, buddy. <laughs> oh, I did. You got an argument. You Whoa. stepped okay, in that you one. You stepped in that one, baby. I did. I, you I woke me up. I was asleep over hey, here until you said that. I didn't sign it as an executive order that this was the best or a proclamation. I just said oh. possibly this team. No. Went, and I brought in the super, all the super team. You know. The Wilt Chamberlains and you got Magic. wait a minute. What, what about the, what about like the no, Jerry the, there, Jer- right? the Jerry West? Jerry West and, is on. And, West is yeah, on. All, all, I mean Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt's on Gail there. Goodridge. There's a lot of great okay. Laker teams that that through the years. I'm not saying. Listen, the Kobe Shaq tandem would have beaten this team. The Kobe Shaq tandem would have beaten Southside Susie's like ooh. yes. Because first of all, no one, none, nobody on that team. They, they don't even have a center. They could guard Shaq. And in these rules... Who's going to run with... Who's going to... Is Shaq going to be able to run the floor? He don't need to run. He didn't uh-huh. run in the 90s. Okay. And he's well, still dominant. The, the game... I mean, the, the question is, though, the game has changed, obviously. So, I mean, who's going to favor when the game changes? Is, is Shaq going to be able to keep up? Or is it Shaq going to be dominant? He's going to come into this but, game... But you don't know how that... That's why it's... Yeah. That's why it's an interesting conversation. Because you don't know how those games would have played out. You don't know if, like, with the the, the way yep. the game is played now, how soft it is. Yeah. Shaq would have went to the free throw line 30 times. Yeah. Okay, Le- LeBron LeBron doesn't go to the free throw line a lot for a person as big and as strong as he is. But you got guys like Magic, Kareem, them, Kobe. Kobe lived at the line. Listen, I lived in L.A. during the end of Showtime, and I'm a – I'm from, you know, the New England Celtic guy. I got up I got caught up in it. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was a spectacle, especially going to the Forum Club. Yeah, he had a Schmedium Larry Bird jersey. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A tight Larry Bird jersey. Oh, yeah. Where it wasn't 33, it was yeah. just three. Yeah. The, the, other three wrapped around, yeah. the other three wrapped around the rib. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting the rap sign. I'm, we're, get, we're getting the hook. Way to go, Southside. I was like, enough of this. You're getting killed. <laughs> She's doing the towns. You can't win, Tap. Rock. Tap. You can't win. T- You're a loser. Mick, Mick. Which one should I hit? Hit the one in the middle, Rock. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, let's stop go the to, fight! Cut me, Mick. Cut me. Grab oh, I know where you're going. We're going. We're taking this to. 
We're going to bring it down now, aren't you? <laughs> no, gonna first, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a segue here. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Steph Curry moving number two on the all-time three-point shooting list past the great Reggie Miller the other day. Obviously, it's a different game, Stacey. They shoot so many more threes that those records, you kind of have to – it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. But when you look at Ray Allen, who Steph will eventually catch, and Reggie Miller, those were, were two of the greatest three-point shooters in our lifetime, certainly. Well, and we had Craig Hodges on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And that was a guy that – if he was able, and he told us, if he was able to shoot 12, 13 threes in a game, he, he would have, no one would have been able to stop him. So when he's telling you that, and then you see how the game's going, I mean, Lowry just passed 400 threes made uh, mm-hmm. last night. So, yeah. And he's 7'1". Uh, yeah, he's 7'1". <laughs> he, he was the fastest person to, I think, 100 or, or it was 100. Yeah. He was the fastest person in NBA history to 100, and he's a 7'1", you know, forward. That's incredible. So, with the way the game is played right now, I, I don't. I can see that record, you know, falling a couple of times because yeah. the game is the game has evolved into a three point shooting game. Is Steph the greatest shooter of all time, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a tough one, there, Mark. His teammate Clay Thompson is awfully good in terms of just oh, being yeah. a pure shooter. I mean, those two guys are going to rank in your top in a top five. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I mean, you know, man, I mean. You know, Ray Allen to me was a, oh, was a great shooter too. He's a killer. He's yeah. a great shooter a too. Not only could he shoot, he'd get to the basket, dunk on you, yeah. could post up. He was a complete player. So imagine if he was just a three point shooter, you know, a la Curry or or, or Clay Thompson that can shoot a lot of threes. He, his record, he'd probably be up there too. You know, Reggie Miller, we all knew what Reggie Miller was. Reggie Miller was a catch and shoot guy. You know, he's a guy that's going to come off single double screens and he's going to let it fly. And he kick was his legs out trying exactly. to get that extra point. Exactly. But he, he was, wasn't going to the – No, he wasn't going to he, – he started he, – he would a little bit because he because the defense started running him off the three-point line. He had the ability to get to the basket. But he wasn't like Ray Allen, the ability to do that kind of thing. But he was just a pure shooter. So I, I, it's going to be – it's there's a lot of good shooters and, and you can look back, man. I mean, Larry Bird. Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine if Larry Bird – Lived in this, played in this era where you yeah, he'd be as shooting a ten threes four, a game. He'd be taking ten threes a game, yeah. Yeah. and you wouldn't be able to stop him. No, nope. I mean he'd be he'd be Luca's dad out there, basically. You know, if he was playing in this league, I mean, because he's doing he would do the same thing Luca's is doing right now. Yeah, and you see the success Luca has, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Luca in that at some point in his career being right. one of the one of the better three point shooters of all time. What about Maravich? Didn't have the three point uh, shot three back, point then. back then. Only one year. Yeah. And shot 66% or something. Well, he, he led the league year. in scoring in New Orleans, averaging over 30 points a game without shooting a three-point shot. Yeah, and he averaged crazy. 43 points a game in college with no yes. three-point shot. And he yeah. had, had flair. Yeah. And you know who else is a good three-point shooter is Mark Price. Yeah. yeah. If Mark Price played in this era where yeah. the point guard is able, with the way he handled the ball, because he, he reminds me of Steph Curry, to be honest with you. With the way he handles the ball, how he splits double teams, and he can just stop on a dime and shoot a three from anywhere on the court – he reminds me a lot – well, Steph Curry reminds me a lot of him. And his handles were just – I played against Mark in high school. And Mark – and we didn't have a three-point line in high school. And he would come one and a half steps past half court and let it fly. And literally nothing but net. And, you know, like most people are forcing that shot up. That's like the end of a second, end of a halftime shot. He was shooting like it was just a regular shot. Wow. Yeah, he had major wow. range. And I you mean, played you, with Glenn Rice, too. Yeah, when you talk about like a guy that's like open as soon as he gets out of the, out of the car, <laughs> Mark Price that's is cool. one of those. So, I mean, there, there's been a lot of great shooters, some before we even, you know, that we never got to see. You know, but in, our, in our, my era that I, that I saw, 
I mean, Larry Bird, I put Larry Bird up there, you know, Ray Allen, you know, those guys. Glenn Rice could shoot it too. He doesn't get a lot of credit, but Glenn Rice could shoot it too. I just remember Chris Ford, the Celtics. He was the first guy. He made the first three-pointer, three. right? Yeah. Paul remember. Westfall could shoot it. Yeah. Paul Westfall oh, could shoot the three. We talked about Westfall. Yes, we talked a couple, couple of weeks ago. Would... He could shoot the basketball. I mean, there's there's a ton of guys. You know, Sedale Threat could shoot the three. Sedale you know, yeah. Three, you know, yeah. Andrew Tony. Oh. Yeah, see, there, there's a lot of yeah. guys when you go back in history. Steve yeah. Kerr. That, yeah. Steve Kerr. You know, I mean, John Paxson could shoot the three. Yeah. He didn't shoot as many because we didn't have to. We weren't a sh- three-point shooting team. Right. But whenever we needed a three – he could nail one. So I would put him – I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time, but we're just talking about great shooters. The era, the eras have changed. You know, that was – 80s, 90s was more inside, outside. Now it's more outside, and they're not even going inside. It's, yeah. Everything's outside. Yeah. So everybody has to be able to shoot. So you're seeing much more, you know, guys that are great shooters now in this era compared to when we played in the 80s and 90s. Well, we were having that Lakers debate, the, uh, debate that John was soundly beaten in. We, we soundly got stomped out, <laughs> we tapped did, out. We did reference UFC style. We did reference the great Kobe Bryant. We are recording this podcast on Tuesday, January twenty sixth, which is the one year anniversary of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others who were killed in a tragic helicopter crash. And the way that the league is celebrating Kobe's life and what he accomplished, you know, you can see you talk about. The man's legacy living on, and we're seeing that with Kobe Bryant. I tell you what, his last game in United Center, uh, I'll never forget this because I've talked to Kobe before, but he came up to me right before the game started and just basically said, Hey, man, followed you when I was a kid, all those great Bulls teams, man, and it's been an honor to, to watch you play, and now you're doing your thing on this. And it was like so cool because it's like, okay, like. All right, Kobe pays attention a little bit, but he's a hist- he's a historian of the game. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to when you talk to him, it's like you're talking to someone that's played this game before. You know, he has such a high basketball IQ; it's amazing. And anybody that knows him will tell you, like his his basketball IQ is off the charts. And and MJ's was the same way; it's off the charts. And so when you have those type of guys that have such a high basketball IQ to go along with the super talent that they have, it's an unfair advantage every single night. Unfair advantage. And he wanted to be just like Mike. Yes. He studied everything Michael well, did, Craig. even to his mannerisms in both games. The way he talked. The, yeah, way he the way he talked, for sure. And, and they were telling stories. Today I heard some people recount the facts that when Kobe was a rookie, he was asking Michael on the court during games, now how do I work on this turnaround? And Michael's like, I'll talk to you later. You know, yeah. I mean, you I'm not going to tell you now so you can do it in the game. <laughs> or, so you can give me 30 now. But, but he was, he was, he was a, a kid, man, that like, he was playing professionally you know, why he was like a, in grade school. He was playing against grown men in overseas in Italy because his dad was playing overseas in Italy. So the family moved there, and he was playing against grown men, pros, like at 10, 11 years old. So then he gets that mentality, that toughness, and that, that you know, hard-nosed old stuff. Man an game. old man game. OMG, baby, old man game. Oh, <laughs> oh nah, Not too many people have it. But, he, but not only did he have the old man game, but he had the athleticism. Like, yeah. he was a superior. Did y'all see the video of him, his workout with the Clippers? It's a, no, it's a, they have a video of Kobe's workout with the Clippers. And this video's been, like, all of a sudden it just came out today. Yeah, it was locked away. Yeah, it was yeah. locked away for, like, all these years. And then they, they brought it out today. One of the, the coach who was uh, – The workout when he was, came he, into the league? He, yeah, when he came into the league as a 17-year-old. So the Clippers had him working out, and they had him doing a George Mikan drill. And – 
I've done the George Mike and drill, and it seems easy, but the way he was doing it, like, was unbelievable. Like, like normally when you do the Mike and drill, it's like get the ball to the net, right hand, get the you know left hand. Right. There's a rhythm to it. You stay on yep. rhythm. He was he was jumping up in the air and was not even coming down. I mean, literally, he was <laughs> when the ball went to the net, he was already in the air, laying it up, boom, boom. He didn't have to gather himself like most people do to scoop up a hook shot. He was literally getting the ball out the net in the air and then scooping it up in the air. I mean, it was a phenomenal workout. You got to watch it. It's, All right. You guys, you know, get the bubble up and put in the bubble up because that needs to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, I put the referee breaking up the hug the other night, which is a little disturbing. Oh, and I'll, 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 I, <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. Why is it disturbing, John? Do you really want me to go yes, there? Yes, I want you to go there because we had this discussion in our little little session. In our pre-meeting, yes. our Zoom meeting? Well, I mean, it's on, first of all, you said it because you played, you're banging, you're sweating, you're exchanging – and then all of a sudden they're going to break him up, hug. But what was really disturbing to me is it was, I think, Bama Bayou and Kyrie Irving were hugging. And then all of a sudden this guy comes out of nowhere and he pulls him apart and he, he you know, he had a full cheek <laughs> of, of Bama Bayou. And I was like, it wasn't a slap. It was a full grab and a pull, a push. And then he did some kind of weird little. It's that thing. wrestling move that Jack yeah. perfected. And I and was how just do we like, know that guy was a ref? I, and I'm thinking to myself, like Bama. I mean, wow, man, that guy got a full. Did he buy you dinner? <laughs> so that's why it was. So- <laughs> oh my god! Did he buy you dinner? Oh my! How did we know that was a ref? That could have been a fan. It was a security guard. Oh, it was a security guard. Yeah, they bring the security guard comes on the yeah, court. Got new protocols. Breaks him up and then gets no himself- post game fraternization. Is yeah. Allowed. Between teams. That, to me, I mean, that's crazy because it's hard to, to to fathom that because of all the contact that's going on in the game, the the banging, the sweat, you know, everything. It's like, how? what is that actually going to do to stop COVID? I mean, I mean, seriously, what is that going to do? Like, you're already exposing yourself by playing, you know, and so it's, it's kind of crazy. False I, hustle. I, false hustle. By the way, the uh, Southside Sioux has already put the uh, workout, the Clipper workout. It's in the Give Me the Hot Sauce Bubble Up uh, folder. So just, just so you Way know. Way to go, Susan. When you go home at night, you guys can see that. We'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. We'll ask our next guest about that. we got a special guest coming up, Kenny Anderson, New York City high school playground legend. He's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We are back on Gimme the Hot Sauce with a very special guest, New York City playground legend, high school legend. Kenny Anderson is joining the show. Stacy, why don't you handle the introduction? Kenny, what's going on there, my man? I'm, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. Thanks for having me on. No, we really appreciate you you coming on. And, you know, we, we talked about before we had you on, um, you know, your celebrated history as a, as a player. You were one of the top players of all time coming out of New York City, highly recruited by every college in America, but you chose uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, just give a little bit of background to, to our listeners on, uh, you know, your career, starting from high school. Uh, oh, wow. You know, I had a great high school career uh, being coached by Jack Curran, one of the greats, great coaches in America, you know what I mean? Um, and I went to Archbishop Malloy through um, Kenny Smith. Yep. Kenny Smith went to Archbishop Malloy also. And his brother was my mentor, Vincent Smith. We worked out and everything. And I, I, I wanted to be just like Kenny, but better. 
you know, um, and he went to North Carolina. They recruited me, but I just wanted to do, I wanted to be my, I wanted to be able to play my style of play. And, um, you know, Coach Crimmins, you know, at Georgia Tech was going to allow me to do so. So how'd you get to know Stacey King? How'd that friendship start? Oh, uh, you know, um, and I've been watching him through, you know, t- uh, Twitter um, and Instagram. And then we played, you know, he played with Chicago. So when I first came in the lead, you know, um, I was with New Jersey Nets. He was with the Bulls, with Michael. And 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 that's how, you know, I, I was a big fan of yours when you was at Oklahoma. <laughs> you played with my boy you Mookie know, for a little you, bit. Yeah, I played with Mookie up in um, New Jersey. And then he moved on, and then I got the show, you know, with, with Chuck Daly came in and, and gave me the rock. And then he went to Atlanta, and he played well also with the, with the Hawks. So now when you, when you look at today's game, because I know you're a student of the game, and you look at how the game yeah. is, you know, how the game is being played now with the three-point line. Okay, so how would Kenny Anderson play in this era compared to when you played, when you were coming up, when, when guards were a little bit different than what they are now? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would work on my three-point shot. You know, I, I would have to do that. I would work on it. You know what I mean? And I think I would get better at it. But um, the, it's open. Court is wide open. So, you know, I'll be able to create. You know, I think I would average 25 and, and definitely 10 assists, 10, 11 assists. But I, I would my, I would bring up my average a little bit with today's game. It's not as physical as when we played in the, in, in the NBA. It's so physical right now. No, no, it's so it's soft right now. It was so physical when we played in the NBA. It was They had to make changes. They had to. Because it was a lot of fights back then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kenny, going back to your high school career, you were a parade All-American yeah. all four years. Uh, did that create some outsized expectations for what people expected you to accomplish both in college and then when you got to the NBA? Um, yes, yes, definitely. It was always, uh, spec- you know, like just they wanted me to do well, you know, and they, they didn't want me to, they, they just knew I was going to do well, you know, and I did, you know, on every level, you know, um, uh, the pro level, the pro level was a, was a, was a difference for me because then it's a business, it's a business. And I had to, you know, change my mindset a, a lot, you know, and I played for 14 years in the NBA. Um, so, you know, no complaint, you know, with that, but, um, high school, uh, college, was was great man you know i had no you know no setbacks you know i just had a, a lovely basketball career now you talk about bobby crimmins and and what kind of coach he yeah. was for you and how he helped your game i know it was fun watching you guys what was y'all's nickname that, with the three of you guys you and dennis scott and and oliver what was, did they have a nickname for you guys Lethal, lethal weapon three. You yes, yeah. Three. I, I totally forgot. I just wanted you to say it. I knew what it was. I just no, wanted just you to say it. You, man. <laughs> yeah, that no, was some fun times for you. Uh, that was some fun times for you guys. It was. It was a. It, it was a great time for me being in college and uh, playing with those guys. Dennis Scott went on to uh, play in a championship game with Orlando Magic. Played many, many. I don't know how many years he played with Orlando Magic, but he played for a while. Uh, Brian Oliver played with the Sixers. Uh, they was a great, they, they're great guys. And we, we still stay in touch. My whole Georgia Tech team, you know, my, my coaching staff, uh, Sherman Dillett 
now yep, coaches Sherm. at Iowa. At Iowa. And, you know, he's, he's Sherm, Sherm the Worm, Sherm the Worm. That's my man. So, you know, he's doing well. So, you know, it's all great, man. Georgia Tech, those people there are, are great people. Not many guys get to play their entire NBA career, Kenny, with just one team. And one of our good buddies, yeah. uh, Kendall Gill, works on, on the Bulls coverage. I worked with him for a number of years in the studio, yeah. uh, pre- and post-game host. And he, you guys got traded for each other. I know Kendall always told me that he yeah. wishes he never would have left Charlotte. You know, they had uh, yeah. Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning and Muggsy Bogues, yeah. and he was drafted by that team. And he said, you know, as a young player – he kind of forced his way out of there. They traded him to Seattle. He came back, and he said the owner said, well, you're here for the rest of your career. And then they traded him a couple of months later. Did you did you learn early on that that uh, it, it's tough to be able to say, this is my home, and this is where I'm going to spend my entire career? Yeah, the pro game is a lot, a lot different than, it, than, than what we expect in the high school and college. You know, you get traded. I got traded. Um, you know, I, I forced a trade with the Nets when Drazen Petrovic – you know, um, got into his little situation and, and killed himself. Uh, Derek Coleman left, went to Philly, and I was left alone. So I, I wanted to, you know, see where what was best for me, and that was Charlotte. I got traded to Charlotte, and I wanted to stay in Charlotte, but um, you know, ownership uh, changed the team and fired the coach, and boom, you know, I was a free agent then. But uh, Charlotte was a great town, great town. I tell people all the time, you know, about Drazen Petrovic. Everybody, you know, people yeah. don't really appreciate how good he actually was. And I remember when we would play you guys, he was the one of the guards I ever seen that was not afraid of Michael Jordan. Like he would go at yeah. MJ yeah. offensively, talk trash to him back. And we used to say, boy, this yeah. dude is crazy. But we had mad respect yeah. for Drazen. <laughs> yeah, I think the how he came up, you know, overseas – you know, he was the great player over there. And uh, he played with Portland. And he couldn't get off the bench. You know, they had Terry Porter and um, and Clyde Dreschler. So they traded him to the Nets. And he found his niche. And uh, he's really performing well for the New Jersey Nets. And he just got into a car accident, killed himself. But um, he was a great, he was great. He was a great teammate and a great player. Kenny, you played in the era of the big, the big man where the – Emphasis was on trying to get the ball inside yeah. to score those easy points, and now it's a point guard-driven league. How good yeah. could you have been in today's game with the no hand checking and and being able yeah. to shoot those threes whenever you want? Yeah, I, it, it looked a lot easier out there. I was telling my son that <laughs> out there, I probably average twenty-five, maybe maybe thirty, thirty and ten and eleven assists. Who knows? But it, it's wide open now. The game is is for the the, the quick guards. Like Damian Lillard, uh, uh, Steph Curry, Westbrook, all the great guards. There's so many great guards in the lead. Kyrie Irving, and it's a it's great for the fans. It's definitely a fan game. Now, now you know you're you're coaching now at Fisk University. You know you're giving back yeah. to to the young kids that are are trying to pursue their dream. How how has that experience been from you being? the guy who was recruited, being the guy who's always been the best yeah. player, and now you're the coach trying to recruit guys. You know, what's your pitch to them? How, yeah. how do you get them to come there? Well, it, it's a learning experience for myself. Um, and that's why I, I, I chose to, to to coach here on the NAI level, small school, Fish University, black school, 
it's just it's just, I had to, I'm I'm learning, you know, two years. I'm going on my third year now. And um, you know, I I just call a spade a spade. I try to be real with them to tell those guys, hey, this is what it's like. You gotta go to school and you got and you gotta perform, you know, on the basketball court, you know. So it's just it's just that's how serious I get, you know, with those young men that I'm teaching the game, the game of basketball and game of life. That's basically what it, that's what it is. And some of those guys on my level, they probably go overseas. They won't probably go to the NBA. So it's a, it's a, it's a lot of teaching here. And that's what I love to do. Hey, Kenny, you were a, uh, a second round pick in 1991, the youngest player in the league. What's your thoughts? He, he was the second pick. Second, second pick. Second, second pick in the draft. Well, the puff, puff pass, baby. Right. He's smoking cigars, Kenny. <laughs> but it got a little hash in it, baby. He said the second round. <laughs> second round pick, I was like, hold up. Hold up, man. I'm about All to right. say something. Are you guys done? <laughs> I, you were the youngest player in the league, right? <laughs> Tough night, That's why we waited to yeah. let him ask a question you, for that I, long. I did get that part right, the youngest player in the league. But I just wanted to ask you, since yeah. we are kind of a Bulls-centric show with Stacy, what, oh, yeah. what was it like for you to go in – you know, during that, to go to the stadium, to play the Bulls, oh, Michael yeah. Jordan, you know, just kind of give our viewers, uh, listeners a, a sense of what that yeah. was like. So, so I'm going to tell you a little uh, story. Uh, so, 91, when y'all played the Lakers in the championship, that was, I was coming out, uh, that's when the, we, we had the draft, the draft, we had the, uh, what they call that combine. So, I went to that one, like game one or two I went to, and I sat in a box with Bob Costas. So you know that was my that was one of my my uh, great moments memories of of that year when uh, Michael Jordan he hit that uh that he switched hands yeah, yeah. when I see that commercial I was at that I was at that game oh, wow. <laughs> in '91 and I sat uh, with Bob Costas you know because that's where we had um, the combine you come in take a physical and things of that nature you know with me so you know it was awesome man you know. Chicago, it was great playing in Chicago, playing against the great Michael Jordan. I love, you know, going there, playing them because I knew everybody was watching. Everybody was gonna watch. <laughs> and and that's what that's what you that's what you play for. Yeah. And so, you know, you had to be ready. You had to be ready. So I don't know if we I don't know. We probably never won. We probably no, never you beat y'all, but you didn't, you didn't, we you came didn't. close. Yeah, we yeah. came close. I don't even remember if you we came, came close, close but it, it wasn't happening. I don't know yet. It might, I don't know. I don't think there were close games with New Jersey at that time. Uh, uh, y'all were young and up and coming. I don't know. I don't know. We might have gave yeah. it to y'all. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Hey, Kenny, being a great point guard that you were, I, I want to ask you about yeah. the experiment that's going on right now in Brooklyn. They made the trade for James Harden. Yeah. Now you got the big three, yeah. and you got two ball-dominant guards in Kyrie Irving yeah. and James Harden. In your opinion, is this going to work? Will this bring Brooklyn an NBA championship? I, I, I'm not sure about a championship, but it'll be great for the fans to come and watch two, two awesome players, uh, Harden, uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, I, not, not right away. It definitely, they won't win right away because, you know, um, you know, Harding is more of a point. I, I, you know, more as a point. Kyrie is a point automatically. He has to have the ball. So, you know, that's a, that's going to be um, up and down. And and lately Harding has been taking, you know, some of the role off of him and, and giving it to Kyrie and it's, it's helping somewhat, but I, I just think they need they need a bigs. They need fours and fives to, to, to get more rebounds and to play better inside defense. 
because they're getting killed on the, on the boards and things of that nature. But they got three of the best players ever to play the game of basketball. Now, Kitty, did you did you play with the New York City Gauchos as a kid? I um, yes, I did. I played with the Gauchos, and I played with uh, I played with uh, Riverside. I played with yes. everybody. In the yeah, because I, I remember I, I, re- with the, I remember yeah. playing against Rod Strickland with the Gauchos in a Vegas oh, yeah, tournament. Yeah. And yeah, they had a. They, I think yeah. the tallest guy they had on their team was like about six foot one. They were all small yeah. guards, and they ran everybody yeah. out the gym in Vegas. And yeah. I was like, I, when yeah. we saw them come in, you know, they they looked like you know everybody had nice uniforms on, but they looked like they looked like some dudes yeah. off the street. And when they started playing, <laughs> you know, we all looked at them like these little dudes ain't gonna do nothing. And that was my first look at Rod Strickland, man. I was yeah. like, whoa! Uh, and I had a chance to go to DePaul. Uh, when he was uh, when he got yeah. recruited there, and I almost went there because yeah. he was there. Yeah, that that Rod Strickland, Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, Pearl Washington, you know, rest in peace. But those are the guys was went before me who I looked up to. They, they were great players, and and Rod, you know, as y'all network is from Chicago, so y'all you know y'all know you know Rod was tough, man. He was tough. He played poor. He played with a lot of NBA teams, but. He, he was he yeah, was he awesome, was the real man. deal. He, he, he was the real deal. So cold. Now, were you – one deal. more thing. Were you also on that – I think I remember you seeing you in the Sports Illustrated when they had, like, the grades, yeah. the age groups. It was like J.R. Yeah. Reed. Yeah. And I think he was, like, yeah, a sixth yeah. grader or sixth or fifth yeah, grader. I, know that one. I don't know no, what – I was a fifth grader. <laughs> I was you a was a little bitty dude. But you had your you had the blue and white uniform on. Look like Carolina blue. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, so I remember that yeah. in the Sports yeah. Illustrated, a and I was like, "Who's yeah, that little, little baby in here? Yeah, that's Who's a little baby up here." They talk about. Kids. Yeah, you're bringing back a lot of memories, man. That was that was <laughs> the first time in Sports Illustrator. Yes, for me, I was in tenth grade. I was in the tenth grade. And uh, I made it. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. That's where and I knew we you. had we had the, we had the North Carolina uniforms yes. at my <laughs> high school, Archbishop Malloy. So that says something. Yes, I, that's what <laughs> it, I remember. That to go there. They were trying to get me to go there. They got Kenny Smith <laughs> was already there. You know, that oh, so they tried to sell you with the uniform to get you to go to Carolina. Because I remember <laughs> that it did, you did look like North Carolina colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, that's our colors. But that's that's when I when I mean I'm coming from Oklahoma at that time and yeah. I remember seeing it was J.R. Reed. It might have been Alonzo Mourning yeah. was on there. There was a bunch of Alonzo Mourning. Yeah, there was a bunch of young Lonzo players Morning. that are up and coming that they had in there. And I thought that was the coolest yeah. thing. Cause I always looked at like uh, you know, Street and Smith, and I always looked at those kind yeah. of magazines growing up as a kid, because I always wanted to play against all these dudes from these bigger cities. So in order for me to yeah. play against those dudes, I had to play AAU ball. And that's when I see these dudes in these yeah. big tournaments, like Ben Wilson. I know you know about Ben Wilson. Yeah. Ben Wilson was yeah. the, was the yeah. coldest yeah. dude I saw at the high school level. And we got a chance to play against yeah. his team. And then an Oklahoma team, we kind of waxed them. But, you know, I, I didn't want to throw that yeah. out. We did wax them, though. But, but, but that's how we all got to see each other is in, in these tournaments, these camps, five-star, yeah. all these camps that they don't even do anymore. No, they don't, man. They don't. And that's, that's a shame, but – a lot of these kids are missing out, but you know it's it's, it's a little it's a lot different now, a lot different in the game of basketball. 
Hey, Stacy, I think uh, John has a 1989 Street and Smith in his bin in the basement. Yeah, we got a, yeah. our, our we producer, got a collector guy here. Yeah. Our producer is a little creepy. Oh, wow. <laughs> he likes to go down in the basement with, wow. a, with a wrestling singlet on with, with body oil as he's looking through old pictures and bringing up greasy photos yeah. of people. Yeah, this guy's, this guy's uh, really creepy, huh, Kenny? <laughs> Make sure you can see it. You see this? Can you see it? I can't lift it up again. It's Bo uh, Jackson. Oh yeah, Bo. That's Bo Jackson. That's Bo yeah. Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the Bo man. Jackson. That's the man. That's the man, right? He, there. He's trying to retire off no, his car that's collection. The man. You know? <laughs> that's worth fifteen hundred dollars. So when he that's walks to he his, tells us anyway. when, he, hey, when he walks to his car tonight, uh, I got a mask on. I'm gonna hit him upside his head and rob him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about this guy? You remember this guy, Kenny? Uh, who's that? That's uh Hank Aaron. Kid. Yeah, Hank. Hank Aaron. Aaron is awesome. Yeah, those guys, you know, awesome. What's a Kenny Anderson rookie card worth nowadays? Uh, probably a penny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're selling yourself short. Don't Come on, matter. don't sell yourself short, baby. Because my, my rookie card is worth a bag of Dorito chips, baby. So I know you got to be more than that. Woo, baby. Maybe that's Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Come on, really uh, Blue. Bag of Dorito, Bobby the Blaze, Bobby Q, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and a Sundu. Oh, oh, don't don't get him started. No, <laughs> is that Cool Ranch no. or that? The cool Ranch. Flavor. No, mine's Cool Ranch. Oh, not yeah. not the one that smells like feet. Oh, Cool Ranch is cool good. Ranch. Yeah, Cool Ranch is mine. Stacy's got endorsement deals everywhere. He can hook you up. Hey, you no know what? I don't turn nothing yeah. down but my collar, Kenny. You know, I, you know, we got to hustle yeah, out I here. I know we that's hustle. right. It's all about the hustle, baby. I know that's right. Well, listen, man. Hey, thank you for coming on. And oh, wait a minute, hold up. I forgot to ask you, how's your cigar yeah. your cigar collection going? Because I know you like to smoke oh, cigars. Man. Now I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all a secret. You know, um, I I don't know if you. I, I come, I'm coming off a stroke. Uh, about two years ago, I had a stroke. So they, 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 they said I couldn't, I, I smoked like one a day, you know, one a day cigars. So I got the, I had to fall back on my, on my cigar tip. I had to, but um, I'm, you know, thank God that, you know, I'm, I'm still here. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is, man. What's a, what's a good, good cigar that you would recommend for, Amateur smokers like these guys at the table. I'm not an amateur oh, smoker. I, I smoke. I smoke amateur, the Cuban. Amateur, yeah, a, amateurs. Uh, Patron. Do you Patron, have to be a pro to Patron. smoke a cigar? I love Patron. Patron. Okay. See, yeah, that's, that's not an amateur. That's, that's not, not an amateur. amateur. No, we, that's what we smoke. The, the high rollers. That's what we smoke. These guys right here are still yeah. smoking uh, Swishers that are are handmade and rolled. No, up. no, you don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> no, listen, that I used to provide you yourself. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. My man on the cigar uh, factory. So, yeah. Stace, you give me your address. You send me your address. I send you some cigars. That's what I'm talking about right there, uh, Kenny. That's, that's what, what I'm talking about right there. I don't. I don't turn nothing down. I'm a collar, That's boy. what he was looking for. Right, he was right. angry for that. I send you some. I'm gonna text it to you right away. Cause I'm gonna be out here okay. smoking on the show. <laughs> and, and Kenny, we'll yeah. send you a really good one too. I, I got something for you. Oh, we're gonna send you for okay. being a guest. Thank you for being Thank a guest you. on. Thank you, my man. King. Give me the no hot doubt. sauce. You know, we can't send you money. We can't send you a T-shirt because you know we don't. That's not in the budget right now. So, so we're gonna send you some cigars and some happy man. colas and some happy cola uh, gummy Horrible, bears. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you my address. You send me yours. We good. Sounds good, buddy. Hey, thanks for having us on, man, and coming on our show. I hope you're feeling better. Good luck at Fist, man, because I tell you what, you know, yeah. you're doing a great job working with these young kids, man. And and, and again, you. you know, Thank like I said, it's it's awesome that you're going to give back to the game. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank all of y'all so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
the great Kenny Anderson. my address. One of the best I want my point cigars, baby. in New York history. Thanks for joining us on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Coming up next, we go off the wall. A lot of fun catching up with Kenny Anderson. Now it's time to go off the wall, and we start out with some props to our guy Stacy King, who picked a couple of winners in the NFC Championship games. That was easy pickings for you, right, Stace? You know, when you're great, <laughs> things and like humble, that. Things modest. like that. You know what, Mark? Things like that happen, man. You know, I wake <laughs> up out of bed, I just feel good about myself. I feel good about the picks. And I just say what the first thing comes to my mind. Tom Brady, come on, man, 10 Super Bowls. You can't bet against Tom Brady, man. Come now, on. I know that you're a Madden champion or any, yes, any video game you any play, video you're, you're, game, you're a champion. Now, now, if you had faced a fourth and eight down by eight points, you go for it, right? You don't kick a I'm field goal. I'm going for it. And I'm Madden, and people get mad at me. I don't punt thinking? on four down. I never punt on four down. I don't care if it's fourth and 30. I'm going for it. Okay, yeah. that's just me. Okay? People get mad at me. They quit online. They say, oh, this is not real football. You can't go, go for it on four down. It's a video. He had to go to bed. The kid that you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay there, Johnny. Here's Johnny. Mr. Lakers. Yeah, Mr. Lakers in a Boston Celtic jersey that's too small. But you know who was really happy about the Packers going down to defeat was our good friend Southside Susie. Southside. You, you can go to the Piggly Wiggly and hold your head up with a lot of pride now, right? <laughs> there was a, a noticeable shortage of shiny new Packer oh, wear. Yeah. yeah, I you know I'm not a. It's hard to be a You're hater. You're not a hater, no. No, I felt you know I felt kind of bad. I did I did really, you know momentarily no. enjoy it. And <laughs> I even when they when they decided to kick the field goal. I thought, I'm a girl, and I know you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> like, what? Matt LaFleur, where are you? I was shocked, but no. I, The only, um, you know, and then Aaron started pouting. Yeah, I did. Tom Brady's going to the Super Bowl yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. First yeah. time in the and history of the NFL. Back to New I, I heard your middle fingers got a pretty good workout on Sunday, oh, too. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. We're taking Tell this in a whole bad direction That's going to be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, Southside. No. That hey, truck is not backing up. There was, there was a Green Bay quarterback who got unhappy there by the name of Brett Favre, wound up playing for the Minnesota Vikings a couple of years later. What would it be like if Aaron Rodgers decided to come south and play for the Bears at Soldier Field? You think that Bear fans would accept him with open arms, guys? Yes. Jimmy Whispers. I think we would be very happy to have him here. He's he's playing at a pretty high level. There's been no uh, degrading of the game, and he's MVP caliber, and he's ready to win a Super Bowl and needs a team that uh, that will back him up, and he can count on it down here. So would you get your uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers jersey, Southside? No. <laughs> oh, she's saying she's that gonna... now. Sorry. She's saying that now. Yeah. But if he came to the Bears and they were winning, she'd be rocking an Aaron Rodgers jersey. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, she would. I... Maybe She'd be I'll out be there testing. shoveling the driveway <laughs> with an Aaron Rodgers Bears jersey on. Oh, new Aaron Rodgers, a great quarterback. We're going to the Super Bowl. Hey, Rodgers. What do you say, Stacy? Hell to the no. Hell to the yes. Yes. Hey, here's what I would say about that, though, is that he needs to go to a team just like Tom Brady did. Tom Brady picked a team that was going to, you know, that he was going to be able to do his thing. Right. And – be able to get to where he needs to go. With a good they had, coach. They, they had a good coach. They had a very good defense. And if you look what Jameis Winston did for that team, the dude threw for 5,000 yards. He threw like 30 interceptions, yeah. 30 <laughs> touchdowns. And if you got a quarterback that values the football like Tom Brady and you cut that in half, 
you're looking at a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. So it was a no-brainer for Tom Brady. It's like if Jameis Winston can go in and throw 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, and if I don't even think – how many interceptions did he throw this year, Tom Brady? He threw a lot in that NFC He threw three in the second half. But. Yeah, but how many did he throw for the season, though? Well, We'd have to look that up. We'd have to look in our bubble But up. the thing is that if Tampa Bay had lost that game, people would have said, Brady's washed up. He threw three interceptions in the second half and blew the game. That's yeah, how fickle but you know things what? can be. But you know what, though? That guy makes plays when it counts. When the game is on the line. What was the defense? Tom Brady – Made the right throws. The uh, game-altering touchdown was from uh, the catch with Scotty Miller right from Barrington. Right here. That's wow. right. Yeah, he ran right past Kevin King. Well, I don't know what he was thinking. The last play of the half, <laughs> you're going to let a guy run a fly pattern right by him. Yeah, that guy might have got his pink slip at halftime. And he's a free agent this <laughs> yeah, year. Well, I don't he's think not that's going to help back. his tape. Yeah, he might be I, it. Oh, man, because he gave up a couple plays. He, he did. He, the first he touchdown the... was on him, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. But listen, here's the deal with that with the field goal, Okay. Let's just say we all say that they shouldn't have kicked the field goal. They should have went for it. Let's say Aaron Rodgers throws an interception or Aaron Rodgers throws the ball out the end zone or whatever. Would Aaron Rodgers take the heat like Matt LaFleur is taking the heat for kicking a field goal? Well, or will Matt LaFleur still take the heat? Why would you go for it? Why would you just take the points? And the so thing you is, can't win for losing in that situation. Right. Aaron Rodgers should have ran the ball on third down. Well, he might have scored. Yes. Yeah, yes. but 36 years old. Or however, but if you yards, look at that replay, he was gonna the guy get in the smacked. back of the end zone was Mark. Was he was going to get receiver. smacked, and whether or not he wanted to take that <laughs> he hit, emphasize smacked. Then you'd have the great John Elway moment where yeah. he got helicoptered well, in the air. He's no John Elway, apparently. <laughs> Answering your question, forty touchdowns this year, twelve interceptions. Okay, no, so so Jameis Winston had thirty interceptions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he wow. also you bring Gronk over. And you bring in uh, Ferret, right? The, Did you see that the, play where Gronk caught the pass on the side? And it looked like he was carrying a piano on his back. Yeah. I tell you Man, what, he could run all. He can block though. He can block. Gronk can still block, and he's still valuable. But he's not the Gronk that was in New England, because Gronk. even even late, even certain stretches, they went to was a break. They went to Braid a lot mm-hmm. in that touchdown yeah. in, in the end zone. Yeah. Um, you he's know, then a, you got then you got Mike Evans who who got sure hands. Had some big drops in that game, which yep. could have made him the goat had they lost. And Godwin had the drop, and Brady went right back to him at the end of the half, right? The big touchdown. So the confidence and in, in, in your receivers to know that guy is open again to make that throw. I mean, that just goes to show you the game calling, you know, is, is at next level. You know, when you're talking about Tom Brady, when you have Tom Brady though, when you when you have a guy like that that demands the respect of everyone in everybody. that locker room, and everybody believes in him. They don't believe they're going to lose any game as long as that dude's behind center. And when you you have that type of confidence, Aaron Rodgers would have that same kind of confidence when if he went to any other team, if he went to the Bears and or, or any other team. That had to be the Bears. But if he's looking at a team that he can actually win with and get to, the, to a Super Bowl, why wouldn't you want to come to Chicago? They always traditionally have a great defense. That's what you need because you're going to get the ball back a lot of different times. And now you've got you got some good receivers. You know, Robinson's a good receiver. They still need some more. You know, their running game stinks. And then their offensive line is kind of beaten yeah. up. And, and, and that really let them down. So they've got a lot of different areas they need to fix before you can bring in Eric Rod- Aaron Rodgers on offense. It's not going to happen. No, but, uh, but, you know, we gave them the props. So now it's time to lower the – you know, the hand. Yeah, what, what happened to your boy Conor McGregor? <laughs> the, the UFC. Uh, oh, uh, oh, ouch. 
Oh, that just hit me really low. <laughs> that was uncalled for. I not. I was not expecting that in this segment. It's in the format. <laughs> wow, I didn't look at the format. I didn't know we were talking about Connor this early. <laughs> that hurt. He, he thought maybe the show would end early and <laughs> get off the hook. Because of snow, it was yeah. snow day. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so let me just say this. I was highly disappointed. I, I rushed home. Almost crashed in the snow trying to get home to see this fight. That was the only fight I saw. Were you in the limo or no? No, I was driving home. Oh, yeah, I was driving home. So I was trying to get home to see the fight. My kids were at the house. They were watching the fight, and they were trying to text me to let me know. I wouldn't answer the text. I wouldn't even look at the phone, as I didn't want to know what was going on. But I made it right there to start the Conor McGregor. I was all hyped. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had yeah. my shirt on, a yeah. glass of yeah. proper 12. I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we had our proper 12 whiskey. Did we you, were ready to go. Did your wife have their, <laughs> their red pants on? Hey. Oh, come on. Hey, it was, it, was <laughs> red, it was red panty night at my house every night, baby. Stacy had his red panties on. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. Okay, there you go. Mike Tyson, hey. white near lobe again. Hey, Timmy, he's sending out those gifts, right? I mean, the, the, those are him, right? That was him, yes. <laughs> That's a private channel, though. You know That's what? not a public thing. You know what? This guy is him. He's the one we got the red panties on, okay? All right? He's got the Hooter orange shorts and the little matching crop top. He walks around the house with that. I've seen it. We've been on a trip together. I've seen it. I'm like, hey, buddy, can you please take that off, put on some real clothes? It's me and you. It's yeah, before guys that, they'll bring some wings. <laughs> yeah, before you change, can you bring me some beer some wings? Uh, Sure. <laughs> Hey, while we're talking about UFC, I, we've been trying to promote this bout between Kendall Gill and Jake Paul. Now Jake Paul's actually going to fight a real UFC fighter. Is he going to get killed? No. He'd be all right? Ben, ben Askren sucks. All right. He's going to get knocked out. <laughs> ben, let me tell you, he's a world-class wrestler. Okay. He's not a world-class puncher. This is a safe fight for Jake Paul, and I would not be surprised if Jake Paul doesn't knock him out within the first two rounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seriously, because it's – this guy hits like like probably like Southside Susan does. Like she, she's and I'm not saying you don't hit hard, Susan, because I've seen John's eye a couple times. It's been <laughs> pretty swole up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have told that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That's supposed to be kept between us here at the Gimme the Hot Sauce Studios. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, husband abuse, but I wasn't supposed to say anything. But since we did, I'll just I was bring getting it up. abused in the driveway this morning. <laughs> Why well, was plowing the driveway? Man. Oh, you were plowing. I, well, I was. That's she rare. Was, she was. <laughs> She was shoveling and yelling at me why I'm trying to plow. Well, was your technique bad or yeah, what? Bad technique. Okay. Yeah, she's well, you're too slow. No, I was too fast. Oh, I shovel and then he gets the snowblower and he blows it right back on oh. what I just shoveled. Oh, wow. That ain't hey, right. you missed a spot. I'm like, dude, <laughs> do you not know what way the wind's blowing? I'm wow. Like, hey. But then Stacy's confessed he's never picked up a shovel. <laughs> yeah, in his let life, me tell so. you something. Let me tell you Uh-oh. something there, Mark. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. Let me today I had a lot of snow in my driveway. Uh-huh. And I somebody had to come no, and get rid no, of it. No, no, let me tell you. Uh, my little puppies, they uh, were having a hard time getting out to go right. to the bathroom. Yeah. So I grabbed the snow shovel and just I was I was didn't even hesitate. It to somebody. I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> dig them up dig them a path. Not for your wife. You, you no, no, no. That's a different story. <laughs> this is, we'll talk about that later. But but I start I'm starting to dig a shovel to give them a spot. And then here comes my my landscaper. So you like, can do it. 
He was like, "No, I didn't do anything. I just I put the I put the shovel back back on the wall." He said, "Stacy, let me help you. Put that down." And then my man, my man Ruiz came. Ruiz came with his big truck. It was just like it was like the army and the cavalry. I was getting ready to get overran, and here comes the knight in shining armor with the big truck with the big thing on the front, and he just plowed everything. I almost hit my dog too. I was like, "Hey, Ruiz, baby, my dog's out there, baby. Slow down. You're going too fast." He said, "I'm sorry, Mr. King. I'm sorry." I'm like, "Okay, man, you don't hit my little dog." I just got him yesterday. You, know, gonna hit him. you don't get any credit for thinking about shoveling. Yeah. yeah. Stacy's still undefeated. Yeah. Listen, you know what? I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I use palm olive. <laughs> I, I soak my fingers in palm olive now. My hands, I have really nice soft hands because of palm olive. Okay, so I'm not going to get my hands dirty. Oh, maybe I'm a sponsor. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, we don't turn none down on our collar and give me the hot sauce. We'll say anything for a sponsor. <laughs> Hooters, did you hear what we said about you earlier? <laughs> Timmy whispers, where's your shorts and tops? So, hey, and we eat your wings. We're going to cool off, top off the beers, and uh, rapid fires next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Time for some rapid fire topics. We discussed the fact that Aaron Rodgers is considering his future and what, wants to finish things up in Green Bay. Bears. Another quarterback in the division, Matthew Stafford, is supposed to be available for trade. Stacy, if you're the Bears, would you consider bringing in Matthew Stafford? No, because he's always hurt. Yeah. Like, I mean, good I, numbers. I, 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 good numbers and on a bad team, yeah. you know, and, and so are those numbers inflated? Who knows? I mean, you know, early in his career, he had, you know, you know, he had Calvin Johnson, the one of the arguably the best one of the best try. receivers in the game. Um, I, I would I would go after Deshaun Watson if I was the Bears. I would try to put a package together. Three number and, ones. And I, I would do whatever I have to do to get him. He's a franchise quarterback yeah. and he's young. And if you're looking at, you know, what these franchise quarterbacks look like right now, they look like Patrick Mahomes. They look like the kid Josh Allen in Buffalo. These are young guns. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, these guys are young guns, Studs. and they are franchise quarterbacks, and you got one in Deshaun Watson. He's proven that he can win. You put the right people around him, get him a good defense. Don't take away all his assets like the Texans did. Mark, wasn't it you and I that said that uh, Mitch Trubisky would be gone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. King was saying he'd be back. Listen, Sign listen. him to a two-year deal. If you can't get a quality quarterback, if you can't get Deshaun Watson. Why can't you get him? stick with the well, bum you got. Then, then, you know what? <laughs> stick with this. <laughs> Dang. Whoa. Mitch, Mitch. Listen, Mitch, I know you listen to the show, Mitch. <laughs> don't, 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 don't unsubscribe because of what Mark Schnowski just said. Okay? I'm a, I'm a big Mitch Trubisky fan. But if you're if you're if you're not gonna if you're not gonna upgrade the position, if you're not getting Deshaun Watson right. or you're not getting an Aaron Rodgers, you're not upgrading the position and you're getting something that may be below what you already have, then you stick with what you got and put the right pieces around. How about um up- upgrade how about the offensive line? Offensive line. How about right. how about address the issues and get him some more playmakers? How about that? Yeah. How about how about get an offensive coordinator that 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 runs the offense to his strength? What he does best. You look at Josh Allen, the improvision that he makes on the field of Buffalo. That team's going to be a team to watch out for in the next few years. I mean, that kid has got a rocket arm. And once they get some more receivers around him, because Stephon Diggs is right now is his go-to guy. But if they get in that tight end, um, what's the tight end's name? The young kid is really good tight end. He's got two weapons. The running game is not where it needs to be. But if you put some weapons around that kid. Cole Komet, you're talking about. Cole Komet. Yeah, Yeah, he's a a nice – No, no, not the Bears. Not the no, Bears. No, no, no. You're talking about the Bills. The Bills tight end. 
Kid's about six six. Oh man, he was he's, he's John's nice. going back to the research now. Yeah, we're going, going back to, to his the bubble, bubble up, up files. Bubble up files. But yeah. he's about six five, six six. He looks like he, he plays like Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, catches every he, and he's one of his favorite receivers. He came up big for him in the AFC Championship game. But but if you're the Bears, if you're not getting a quarterback that is better, that is an automatic upgrade than what you already have, and you don't, you're not going to get the number one pick at a Trevor Lawrence or a Fields from Ohio State. You know, I mean, you you got to keep what you got and then build around this kid. Yeah, they're talking about the top four college quarterbacks probably gone in the top ten, so you're not going to get a quarterback in the draft. But there's a ton of guys available, whether you want to go after a Carson Wentz, you know, some of the other uh, older guys. No. That pass! Are, yeah, no. and he's making a ton of money, pass, too. Yeah. Pass, pass, So they're going to have a, a quarterback's going to be on the front burner in terms of what the Bears are going to try to do this offseason. While we're doing this show on a Tuesday evening, we've got the Hall of Fame results. Taylor, uh, Tyler Croft. Is that the guy? What number is he? Eight, 81. <laughs> no, it's not him. No. Okay. No. John, this, this is a real show that's going yeah, on yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah, yeah. we're not going to hunt back for the guy. We moved on to baseball. And, <laughs> so nobody got voted in. So in the, in the Hall of Fame ceremony coming up this summer, they will induct the 2020 class, which was postponed, of course, because of COVID. That's Derek Jeter and Ted Simmons. And I'm forgetting the third guy. <laughs> That's what age will do to you. I'll tell you what, yeah. That's what age will do to you. Oh, no. There it is. That's what age will do to you. Larry Walker, that's it. Larry Walker is the third guy. So, Kurt Schilling did not get the required amount of votes. He needs 75% from the baseball writers to get in. I thought we were going to talk about Hank Aaron. This was his ninth year of eligibility, and he he was so upset that he he fell 16 votes short. He had 71% of the vote, and he's told the Hall of Fame people, take me off the ballot. I don't even want to be voted on in my 10th year of eligibility. I want to be voted on by the Veterans Committee by some people who actually know the game. So that was his shot at the Baseball Writers Association. Well, I, you know, I don't blame him. I know he's got a big mouth, and he's done and a, a lot. And a bloody sock. And he's done a lot. But as a Red Sox fan, what he did, and you talk about guys coming into an organization and turning it, it was Kurt Schilling because he called uh, the, the whole Yankee thing out like it was just – Something he see at a strip club, you know, destiny. Well, and, all, you, and he he delivered, man. I, I don't, you know, bloody sock or not. That game is off the field stuff. Yeah, though, yeah, really yeah. But him not to be in the hall of fame. There's a lot of guys. There's you a can, lot of guys. Like you can that. say that, yeah. and I think that's the problem. But but, but I, I will say this though, John. I, I think the baseball writers have too much power. Oh my god, they have way too much power. They never played the game. No, they don't understand the game other than what you see, and 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 you don't know what it's like to go through the life of a, a major league baseball player. The, all the games, yeah. the injuries that you had to play, they have way too much power. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, as a fan, it's just way too. His much His numbers. I mean, you go back when he was with the Phillies. He was a dominant pitcher with the Phillies, and then with the Arizona Diamondbacks, they won a World Series there. He goes to Boston. They win a World Series there. I'm sorry. I mean, they're. I mean, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, you know, John Smoltz, Tim, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox. He's in that. He's in well, that. The Baseball Hall of Fame is always the toughest one to get yeah. in. The other two, the yeah. standards aren't yeah. quite as high. And, and Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame either. And the hit king. You know. Hey, we've talked about so many baseball greats that we lost during the year of 2020, and 2021 not starting off any better. The great Henry Aaron passed away. We woke up to that news last Friday. I was a kid that grew up in Milwaukee. Uh, Henry Aaron was uh, a legend. Obviously, he helped the Braves win the 1957 World Series, and then they moved to Atlanta in 1966 when I was just a little kid, and I remember my dad was just crushed because he's a huge Milwaukee Braves fan. And then we followed Henry Aaron's career going to Atlanta, and he wound up coming back to Milwaukee to be the DH for the Brewers for two seasons. 
And here, here's a guy that had to face so much hatred when he was, was pursuing Babe Ruth's home run record, and it was cl- total class throughout the whole thing. I mean, this, this guy, when you consider great, all-time greats in the sport, no matter what the sport is, Henry Aaron has to be right near the top. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you know, like you said, what he faced and the dignity, you know, that he did it and the grace and the fact that he played in an era where, you know, I, I'm not going to mention that word, but, you know, you take his home runs out, he still had 3,000 hits. To me, it's Ted Williams, it's Hank Aaron, one and 1A, maybe Tony Gwynn, you know, I put uh, Barry Bonds in that conversation as great hitters, but I had a chance to interview him years later, and I couldn't believe just because we know the athletes today and baseball players, and he, it, you know, it's Hank Aaron, it's the hammer, and he was so gracious. And he, 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 I asked him these questions, and he just looked at me and gave me so sincere answers. And to me, he will always be the king, the home, the home run, run king, king, yeah, without a doubt. Well, and, and he's a 25, 25 time all star. And this is a guy who hit 24 or more home runs for like a 20-year span, yeah. which is like unheard of. Never hit more than 50. I mean, just and then and then just look at all the off the off the field things that he had to deal with, the racism, the death threats. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just playing. He wasn't just playing baseball. Like there was so much stuff going on around him. You never knew it though, which, right? Which was which is amazing the distractions that he had to live in real life to be able to do what he did and put the numbers that he put up is amazing. Tells you the mental toughness and under and him understanding his role in African-American history. That's what, that's what, and even to his, his last day, I mean, he was constantly an advocate of African-American and, and inner cities and, and just all the things that he was all about. He's a beacon of hope for, for all young black kids growing up. I mean, seriously, just, one of the true legends and, and, and iconic figures that, you know, we're is gone now. You know, uh, you'll see a lot of them now. They're 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 passing away. You gotta enjoy them while they're here. I'm getting goosebumps listening to you, really, and it makes me think of what Vince Scully, the call. If you ever really want to put that moment in perspective, Google the Vince Scully call and what mm-hmm. he says after Hank Aaron hits that home run and, and you know, there were kids running on the field and they had snipers and yes. they, they and then, you know, Craig Sager is the guy sure. with the yeah. trench coat. But what what Vin Scully says after that is just that to me is breaking a barrier and what that guy he was an icon and uh, <laughs> I like I said, he's the he's the home run king. Forget well, about and, the guy in pinstripes that and then, played. Yeah, then you had, you had the Babe Ruth situation where, you know, um, no one wanted to see him break that record. You know, that was that was a racial situation. It wasn't like the best, like, we didn't want him to beat, beat Babe because we love Babe as a baseball player. It was a white-black thing. And for him to be getting death threats all the way up to that point, imagine at your family and your kids – having to deal with that on a daily basis that you're getting death threats. We're going to kill you. You're going to kill your family. That, that is intense. Like we as athletes in this new generation, we've never had to worry about anything like that. You know, we've had crazy fans in Detroit and New York, but it was a basketball situation. It had nothing to do with race or color. You know, back then when those guys were coming up in the sixties, imagine Jackie Robinson being the first African-American to be playing in a major league baseball and having to carry that much weight. That's that puts things in perspective when you really think about it. Henry Aaron, one of the all-time greats in any sport. We're gonna lighten the mood and finish up with some funny stories on the download. Maybe we'll get Timmy Whispers to talk about his wrestling career. We come oh, back. Man. <laughs>
We are back on Gimme the Hot Sauce. Time to finish up with a little information on the down low. We were just talking about the great Hank Aaron, which sent John Walsh scurrying to his bin in his wrestling singlets, all oiled up. <laughs> all looking, oiled up. Looking for a Hank Aaron rookie Sliding card. Sliding around the room. Did you find a Hank Aaron card? Well, 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 you know what, Mark? I call it bin sanity at this point because I just <laughs> oh go to the bin goodness. and the bin. So I, I have a couple of nice little doozies here. Yeah. I got a 73 Atlanta Braves card where they all did, they all signed it. The facsimile yeah, autograph. Yeah, There's Hank. There's Henry Aaron right there. That's not worth the paper it's printed on. No, probably not, but it's just cool. And then, and then I've got Those these. Those are all Ford signatures. Speaking of his, you know, coming back to Milwaukee. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. there's a. He a didn't car, hit that pitch, though. You know, so it, it doesn't matter, though. Look at, that, look at the barrel of that bat. Look at the barrel of that bat. And then um, this is a Hank Aaron special, special through the years, all the different cards. Did you research what a Hank Aaron rookie card would be worth? You know what? I didn't. Um, but you said you found a valuable one. But speaking, thank you for <laughs> providing yeah. me that segue. I, I read my notes before we so, start the show. So there I am, what I call Binsanity. Look at I found in plastic. Bo Jackson. A rookie Bo Jackson card. Ooh, that's wow. nice. $1,500. Wow. I'll put it up on eBay if you'd like. Bo $1,500 for Bo Nose. We all get okay. a piece. I also, right. we I, all, I also found my mild swim card from 1978 from Boy Scouts. Wow. It fell out of one of the boxes. So. You're a Boy Scout? Yeah, it was oh, a Boy wow. Scout. So let's not talk about that right now. Talk about yeah, that's not gonna make a discussion right now on this show. Okay. All right. Hey, little girl, you want some candy? What? Who said that? Who said that? Hey, hey speaking of candy, you oh. know, last week we talked a lot about the delicious uh, Haribo Happy Cola snacks, and, <laughs> and one of my one of my good friends grew up in Germany, where his father was stationed in the military, and he said that, that he grew up on those things, and they, they make like 12 different flavors. So shout out to my good buddy Chris Bailey, who listens to the show all the time, and, and he, he said these Haribo things are a big deal overseas. Chris Bailey, shout out to you, my man. I just went to Amazon, <laughs> and I just ordered like six different flavors because you gave Mark <laughs> that information. See, I only thought they had the cola, yeah, but they've got like 12 different flavors of it. So I ordered like six of them, the ones that I like, okay? But I still like my Happy Colas. <laughs> okay, my Happy Colas. We okay? are all enjoying the Happy Colas, getting yes. this little energy boost. Hey, Arabu, if you hear us out there, baby, if you hear us out there, this is Stacey Kitaka. You know, we don't turn nothing down but our gala. And uh, we'd be happy to have you as a sponsor. We'll eat all the little Coca-Colas that we can eat. And drink, uh, whatever, uh, a little bear, whatever. Hey, you know, speaking speaking of on the down low, last night, after, last week after you left, when we finished the, taping the podcast, Timmy was re- regaling me with the story about his wrestling career. Oh man, it's on a, It wasn't. Uh, there's a little bit of wrestling, but it was more of trying to attempt uh, some time at MMA. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, tell, tell the folks. Tell, tell the folks. Now this was this wasn't when you were a lad. This happened a little no, bit later. Much later in life. on in life. Uh, so midlife <laughs> crisis. <laughs> I did. I did. Hey, if you're putting that singlet on, it is a midlife crisis. <laughs> I, I competed in judo in college. And, and no then, cup. Uh, oh. oh no, you're not allowed to wear no a cup, cup in competition. Oh man, you can't do that. That could be used. So what as was a the weapon. motivation to try to do this? You were in your 30s. Uh, you I was actually yeah late. Uh, actually 40. Oh, wow. I was at 40, and uh, my son was uh, getting picked on in high school, and so I said, hey, let's go join the local MMA gym. Wow. Little did we know what we were signing up for. <laughs> there's, uh, there's just a few <laughs> legends. What, they forced you into competition then? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A few <laughs> legends in the gym. You had guys like Damian Maya, Comprito Rodrigo Medeiros, and then, of course, uh, the great Andre Orlovsky. All studs in the UFC. 
Well, yeah, yeah, heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion of the <laughs> UFC world, baby. And uh, yeah, he they, he just beat the crap out of us. That's kind of a that's kind of where the story started. Now, were these actual matches in front of fans? No, 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 no. That that did happen later, yeah, but he just. Did. In, he, yeah, I did. <laughs> he did fight in, in, a, in a lower level. Okay, he, he's fighting. Did you have to pay admission? Uh, hey, he should have. What <laughs> happened to him? Tell him what happened to you, Tim. At the, I did fight in the Odium in Villa Park. And he he attempted to fight. <laughs> he attempted to fight. All right, now <laughs> you're just being mean. <laughs> See, he got body slammed on his head. I got Ooh. kicked in the head. And he's just like he lost all all everything. He had scrambled eggs. Yeah, but what wow. Mark and I were talking about it was an Andre split up with my eye. And I had to say, hey, uh, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm actually paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remind him where we weren't actually. Yeah, uh, UFC flashback. Yeah, they beat yeah. the hell out of him, so that'll be four hundred dollars, sir. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no purse for this. I was, I, <laughs> I was providing the purse. That was his painful lesson, his induction. It was good times, though. Good times. Yeah, that was, that was almost as, almost as interesting as the one arm fight I had back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, no one armers came out because I might have gotten beat by that. Oh man, oh man, oh man, that's that is good. Yeah, he 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 did do the the UFC thing. I mean, he did the minor league thing, and. Um, yeah, I know I, I all get, about that. I did, I did get a silver medal. Well, you was yeah. promoter. Uh, I went as promoter. Purple heart too. I was the person telling him to stop. <laughs> like, don't do it anymore. Stop. We, we, you're a tough dude. Don't do it anymore. He'd see me with my eyes swollen shut and be like, uh, "Can you see me?" Yeah, he, how I many fingers? Yeah, so, no, no. so you were like yeah. Adrian in this? <laughs> no, I wasn't no Adrian. Okay, no, I was. I was like Mick. I was like Mick. You can't win, Rock. You can't win. Just give it up. That's so, me. was your son proud of you afterwards? Uh, no, he was very disappointed, quite frankly. <laughs> he, he act like, that's not my dad. Has anyone seen my dad? And he's, already, he's on the ground bleeding. Can somebody give me a ride home? I'm, I'm, I'm here, son. It's me. No, you're not my dad. Yeah, no. after, getting, after getting knocked out, he said, I'm going to post this on Facebook. My friends are going to love it. <laughs> so mission accomplished. Your son wasn't getting bullied anymore. You were. Yeah, Yeah. that's oh, it. Oh, wow. Roll reversal. <laughs> wow. Zanowski with the uppercut. Son, let me show you how I really get bullied. No. <laughs> <laughs> now Mark bit my ear. Thanks, Tyson. Hey, hey, don't worry about it, son. I get bullied, too. <laughs> There's really no good place uh, to go after that. But uh, we were preparing for the show, and John was talking about his uh, infatuation of the movie Vision Quest, Wait which also minute. has a wrestling Vision theme to it. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Singlets. Yeah. Words. Singlets. <laughs> you throw words out. Wait a second. I got my Wait. thesaurus. No. I bring it hey, right uh, next to my horrible happy let, cola. Let's just, say, <laughs> let's just say that we were in the Zoom, and three of the four were yeah. all in, including in – Including our UFC guy. Did they make a movie of it? No, no. no. The point right. is, they, they should have. I didn't shoot. It's one of those movies that you, you know, it's for a certain age. You know, you, Look you at get Susie it. shaking her head. Yeah. Over there. yeah. Well, she, she hated it. My kids hated it. She thought the girl wasn't hot enough. She wasn't a good enough what? actor because she's not what? hot enough. Was it Linda Ferentino? Yeah, exactly. Man, what a recall on that. Yeah, that's, that's why I was watching Damn. it. Damn, yeah. that's why I was watching wow. it. Wow. But but here here's the thing. It's a, I wish it's, I could have been Matthew Modine. Uh, he the, the kid goes on a quest. He he accomplishes his goal. Yeah. You know everybody hates him for it. You know there's a, there's a lot of you know macho. But the soundtrack is off the charts. If you're a, what we're we trying to figure out the genre of Wasn't that was it's, annoying. It was a late late seventies, early. 80s. I mean, I may put some of it on the podcast. No, but you're not. The- no, you're not. No, you're not. I have to put my foot down there. No, no. Big, big hair and baggy jackets, right? Something like that. It's a little Sammy Hagar. 
It was a good movie. A little it, was a, journey. it was a good movie. I mean, you know, he was fighting a guy that hadn't lost in like shoot. three shoot with like three or four years or something. He was like the champion. He had to cut two and then, classes. And he had to, he he went down. Didn't he go two down? Two classes. Yeah. So so one sixty eight. Had to fight at one sixty eight. I, I, I remember That's a lot. To, I remember the movie, but I, I was Madonna's really, in it. I was really crazy into, for you. Uh, Linda Fiorentino, man. I still do push-ups and fire escapes. Hey, <laughs> naked with oil on your body. That's just terrible, man. That's so, a sight we don't want to see. This is John. So now that you're, you know. He's over there taking Susan down, single-leg takedowns. Vision Quest, baby! Oh, my. <laughs> Um, He's that guy. What what th- your what is uh you know I'm, I'm get the list here so I'll, I'll let you say it. What, what is your sports movie? Whew, I think I'm gonna surprise the listeners. My favorite movie. I was probably about twelve. North Dallas Forty. Oh, anybody who's my age would know what North Dallas Forty is. That was my first introduction to kind of like soft porn. <laughs> Seriously, Nick Nolte. Mac Davis, seriously. John like, that, that was a movie that I wasn't really supposed to be watching, but I snuck in and watched it anyway. You know, like Porky's. Remember Porky's? Oh, yeah. Porky's was like soft porn back in the day. Okay, you had to be like 18 to watch it. Um, but North Dallas 40, I mean, made me want to be a football player. Like I was like, man, I want to be like these guys. I want to play pro ball. They got all the girls. They're partying and all this stuff. You know, from a 10, 11-year-old kid, that looked pretty cool. You know, and then – then you actually make pro, and you say, "Hey, this stuff is real." And, <laughs> then the guy, then the guy blows out his this knee. This is real life. Then he blows his knee out. I don't he, know about all know. that. All I know is North Dallas Forty was real when I got to the league. Good oh. stuff. Oh, and, oh my! And Tim also kind of goes off the grid for his his choice. Uh, Tin Cup. That was a fun movie. It's great. Uh, you got McAvoy, uh, but Don Johnson hitting the, uh, the the betting drive down. Was it the freeway or the, just a highway? Right. It's like it's all about. Uh, I forget what his line was, but it was a, it was a great stunt. Give me another ball. Bet. Give me another ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah give me another ball. One after yeah, another the in the water. And he's dating a psychiatrist. That was part of it too. As a as, as a psych major, uh, dating the psychiatrist added some elements to it. Yeah, another great movie based on golf, uh, Caddyshack. That was a lot of fun with Rodney yes. Dangerfield yes. taking debauchery to a new level. Yes. Bushwood. You must have been something before electricity. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gambling at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. <laughs> is that your favorite sports The movie? Great Ted Knight? No, my, my favorite is more of a traditional one, uh, Hoosiers, Gene Hackman. You know, the true story of an underdog, the one-class Indiana State tournament. You see the opening scene where he's driving down the highway and kids are shooting baskets at the barn. You know, and that's, that's basketball at its purest stage. And I think all of us who grew up loving the game, we remember, you know, well, Stacy didn't shovel the driveway, but I remember shoveling the driveway. <laughs> oh, so well, here we go with that again. <laughs> okay, there, Shanowski. Another quick jab. Okay, Manny Pacquiao. Got it, fast hands. So anyway, that's one of the reasons why I love that movie. I'll tell you another good movie. One-on-one, Robbie Benson. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That's an awesome movie. Okay. That coach reminded me a little bit of my college coach, just the way he talked. Oh. Oh man, that was an awesome movie, man. I I don't know what I would have done if that coach would have done me that way. Yeah. Here I'm this hotshot guy, and then you know I get there, and then all of that, and that's how it is in college. Like you're a hotshot guy, they're recruiting you, they love you. Come here, you're gonna do this, this, and then when you get there, they act like they don't know you. So it, that movie is real, is is real of what a top high school player feels yeah. like when they come to college because you have to earn your way on there. The coach acts like he doesn't know you, and you know you fend for yourself. And then you get into these situations with these older guys, and you know they, you know they they let them hack you and beat you up. And it's it, that movie was so realistic to what goes on 
coming from high school to the college thing. That's why I, I can relate to it. Before we wrap it up, Stacy's got a brand new addition to the family. Tell us more about uh, Kobe Kai. Oh, Kobe Kai. My new American bully puppy comes from uh, California, Big Bear, California, to be exact. Uh, it's another American bully to go along with Brixton. Brixton needed a little playmate because um, he was just getting a little bit too rambunctious, and I don't have enough energy after games to play with him like he needs to be played with. So, oh, that didn't sound right. That didn't come out right. Yeah, that didn't, sound right. <laughs> yeah, that didn't come out right. I'm sorry, listeners. That was kind of perverted, but it's, you know it's what I mean. The show. You know what I mean. You know, we had a couple little whatever this beer this man gave me today. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like like he needed a playmate, and you know it, they're they're awesome together right now because they're only like three weeks apart, so they're like real young puppies. So they'll grow up being like best of friends. Um, you know, you can just see that they really, really like each other. There's no fighting, which is cool. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just a great little dog. He's, he's a blue, considered a blue bully. With He's got blue eyes, which is awesome. But hopefully we'll get him on the website so that people can see him. Yeah, someday we could maybe get all the dogs together. My dogs, we got Minzy, Mipsy, we get together. Mipsy. Mimsy. Mimsy. What would that be like if we put all my two labs? Mimsy would be a snack for the bullies. Yeah, <laughs> the bullies might, yeah. You have to choose. You know, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was trending something in the, in the bubble up folder about the cost of raising pets. Oh, give me an idea Ooh. what the budget is just for the two. Because I know you do top of the line raw. You have a yes, raw diet. top of the line. Top what does that line. run you a week? If you don't mind me asking, I would probably say I spend probably about a hundred and fifty a week on raw on a raw diet. Just getting now with two with two dogs is one hundred fifty. Now with one, it's like 80, 80 bucks. But with two, it's like like one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty. But it's worth it though because they get they get really good food and you know what they're getting. It's not. You know, it's not processed. It's not like, you know. And it's a gift that keeps on giving, too. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, though. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, you know how important it is for dogs to not have the runs? And, and you know, my dogs never, never have the runs. Solid, solid little doggy poopies all the time. Seriously. Rock solid. <laughs> solid man gas can be an issue though. <laughs> the gas can be the issue the, the, the meat farts i'm telling you they're vicious they're really vicious uh, they're vicious they they they're, they're so kind of like they just sneak up on you and they like get you in a chokehold <laughs> i was asleep today i sleep on the couch today minding my own business both the puppies were laying in, in front stereo. of me butts aim right in my face i'm laying on the end of the couch i'm just asleep i said oh man i gotta get ready to go do the do the uh, podcast and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, and I was like, no, they didn't just doggy fart in my face. No, they didn't. And then all of a sudden it just, I, my eyes, and I started sweating. I started to get sick. <laughs> I started to get sick. And I immediately went to the kitchen and washed my eyes out with cold water. It was just so bad. Wow, so it bad. sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> like if anybody has a dog, they know exactly what I would. Listen, I do, I do a thing on, on, um, on uh, Twitter every Thursday while I have like my followers post pictures of their dog, current pictures, you know, Take one now. Let me see what he looks like now, what he's doing now in their, you know, uncontrolled state. So every Thursday we do that. We call it a doggy, a doggy dog world. It's yeah. a doggy dog world. Yeah. It's pretty popular. Yeah. So why don't you put your dogs on there? Oh, I will. We, Are you on Twitter? Uh, no. Um, oh, that's right. You're an old guy. Yeah, no. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you I've got Twitter. children, though, that can help me do yeah, the heavy yeah, lifting on that. Yeah, so, you need to get on Twitter. You man. know, we, we need to, you know, with our network eventually maybe do a podcast on, on pups. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah. what? You know, I almost brought I almost brought Kobe today, but 
Brixton wasn't wasn't gonna have it. Like this is Brixton's time. Brixton, this is when Brixton, this is Brixton's show. He comes on here. He's he's the star of this show. So he, he wasn't gonna have it. He is. So I kept Kobe at home. So they're both at home right now. So Brixton said, if I can't go, he ain't going. So that's how it was. All's fair in love and war. So we leave with that beautiful sensory image of Stacy and his two dogs. Time to bring down the curtain on this edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We want to thank Kenny Anderson for joining us today. We want to thank most of all you for listening. We'll be coming at you again real soon. Stacy, take us out. And drive home safely. Beep, beep. <laughs>